0: what is up and welcome to beyond the arc as always i am your host brandon silvers hope y'all are doing fantastic i know i am a lot of stuff going on in the sports world WNBA playoffs just started nfl training camps are in full effect and baseball is heating up down the stretch as well but today we're going to be talking youth sports I know youth sports has been in the news this past week for both good and bad reasons, from the good like uh, the Little League World Series, which I've watched since I was a kid being on ESPN, to the absurd like Skip Bayless critiquing Bronny James's dunk for no other reason than Bronny is LeBron's son and Skip famously loves beefing with LeBron, which I find super interesting since Skip got in his feelings over Jalen Rose clowning his high school basketball career to his face when he was a full grown man but he thinks he can turn around and do it to a kid, but that's how Skip rolls. To the tragic, like the arrest of Yakub Talib for the murder of Mike Hickman in front of Hickman's son as a result of an argument after a youth football game in the Dallas area. Yakub is the brother of former NFL star Akib Talib, who, according to witness reports, is the one who started the brawl that led to the shooting. Unfortunately, this lines up with what I learned from my time both playing and working in youth sports which is that the main problem with youth sports is adults. So let's take a look at how adults are ruining youth sports and the effects that it has on all levels of sports. Man, we going to the ship. We going to the ship, boy. We going to the ship, boy. We going to the ship, boy. To the ship boy. And first of all, I wanna lead off by saying that some of my greatest memories in life come from playing rec sports as a kid. I know I joke a lot about being a St. Andrew's Parks and Playground legend, but it was just absolutely awesome. I mean, it gave you extra time to see your friends away from school. You got to play a sport, which is obviously fun. The crowds were super hype. Once again, shout out to small venues like I was talking about last episode. And they gave us free soda after each game. And I love soda and I love free. And somehow adults managed to ruin this perfect thing. And for one thing they the adults take youth sports way too seriously it thankfully rarely gets as extreme as someone getting shot to death but i've certainly seen coaches and parents ejected from games for losing their minds over some eight-year-olds playing soccer a lot of this stems from what i think is a good place in theory at least i want to give them the benefit of the doubt which is wanting to show that you care however a lot of it also stems from wanting to make these kids care which is impossible. You're out here yelling at Timmy for giving up a baseline drive and before you put him in the game, he was sitting on the bench talking about Minecraft. What I learned playing and then as I got into coaching some is that you cannot make a child want to be great at something. And also kids play sports for different reasons. I went out and practiced and played basketball because I loved it and I wanted to be the best at it. But some kids play just because they like to have fun. I trained this kid Ben for middle school basketball. And this is where this, this message really sank in for me. Ben was good for his age, but he'd be missing training sessions to go trick or treat on Halloween. Yeah, no shit. He was 13 and I know initially I was thinking, damn Ben, he must not want it. Like, but who cares if he wanted it? Like I finally realized he was a normal one. I was the one who had things messed up. He should be out trick or treating on Halloween. He's a kid. That's what kids do. And his parents were super cool about it, like they didn't push him or anything, and he just really enjoyed playing basketball. I think he eventually switched to playing tennis, and he was good at that, and he enjoyed that. But his motivation wasn't to go out and be the greatest of all time. He just wanted to be good at a sport because that made a sport that he was playing for fun even more fun. But oftentimes, you get a kid with a parent or maybe an inexperienced trainer like I was at the time who tries to yell the mama mentality into the kid and that never works out. Now, I didn't do that personally because I just hate yelling and I hate coaches who yell. But I've certainly seen it a lot and really what this leads is to the kid quitting the sport. I feel like the most notable stories we have about this come from football, particularly quarterbacks with overbearing dads. Todd Marinovich comes to mind. ESPN did a documentary called The Marinovich Project on him and his father Marv straight up had him on a specialized diet and workout to become a great quarterback from the time Todd was born. Now he had a great high school career and played okay when he got to college for the USC Trojans. I think this was late 80s, early 90s and even made it all the way to the NFL but completely flamed out because he had these mental struggles and substance abuse issues going on. And you have to wonder how much did it have to do with being treated like some football robot by his dad? Could he have become an all-time great quarterback organically if his dad hadn't been trying to live his dream through Todd? Or could he have become something even greater where he contributed to society even more outside of being known as this draft bust and cautionary tale? The kids who want it, they're just going to go make it happen. Just let the other kids play. Not everyone has to play a sport because they want to be the best ever. Let them get out there, get some exercise, and have some fun. The best motivation is internal. And at the end of the day, we're talking about a game, okay? It's not a serious thing. It can make a lot of money and all that, but at the end of the day, we're talking about a game. Look at the boy. He was bred for football glory. Hey, first skin he ever touched was a pigskin pushing a football across the living room floor with his head when he was four months old. Another issue that I see with youth sports is adults figured out how much money you can make off of youth sports. I know it's shocking that capitalism would ruin something pure, but stay with me on this one. Whether it's fancy equipment, trainers and skill coaches, tournament entry fees, travel ball registration fees, team sponsorships, and on and on, there are so many ways to make money off youth sports. You can be an awful coach and still figure out a way to get paid. And that's not to say that great trainers like a Devon Gilliard or Herbert Johnson, who've been on Beyond the Arc before, don't deserve to get paid. I mean, they're great at what they do. And I know for a fact, they turn down money if they feel like they can't help your child. And Coach Johnson straight up trained me for free when he figured out I didn't have the money to give him. These are people who are making money because they have expertise and they need to put food on the table. That's not who I'm talking about here. I'm talking about a coach who is charging extra for team registration fees so he can make a profit or the trainer who has no clue what he's doing, but he puts it on Instagram, makes it look nice and like he does have a clue, but take advantage of parents who don't know, hey, this guy, no clue what he's doing, and takes their money and doesn't help their kid at all. Apparently, there is some confusion as to who is the head coach here. Yeah, it could be a guy who's never participated in any kind of sporting event ever. Or the tournament organizers who charge big money to come to their tournament, but don't invest that money in putting on a great tournament for the kids, or even looking at Bishop Sycamore, the high school where it was just all a scam. The adults were preying on these kids' dreams. They opened up this fake high school and fooled everyone into thinking it was a legit program. And not like a legit program where, okay, we're gonna go play the the high school in the next county. No, they got on ESPN playing national powerhouses and putting these kids' health at risk. Football is not a sport where you show up undersized and unprepared and think that everything is gonna be okay. But these coaches, they didn't care. Coaches, heavy in quotation marks, by the way. They didn't care because they were lining their pockets. Mac and I are gonna play a quick game to 21. And the winner will be head coach. And youth sports being expensive also limits the amount of kids who can participate. I had this thought watching the Major League Baseball and NBA drafts this year. We're seeing more and more kids of former players being drafted. Now, obviously, great genetics help and having access to the knowledge that a professional athlete parent possesses also helps. But if that was all that mattered, the number of former athletes, kids getting drafted would have remained fairly consistent over time. However, the cost of play sports has risen and the salaries of these athletes has risen. So the gulf that was already there due to the things like genetics and having an expert at home has widened way faster than it would have otherwise. I actually think that this plays a major factor in Major League Baseball's popularity problems. To be the best, you have to face the best, and if more and more people are shifting over to these travel teams or getting a personal pitching coach, but you can't afford for your child to do that, then they can't face the best and sharpen their skills, and that's okay for the kid who just enjoys baseball, but what about the self-motivated kids I was talking about before who do wanna be great? They don't get the chance to go out and be great, and this harms the game as well, because if you don't have true meritocracy, then guess what? The kid who can afford all that stuff aren't actually facing the best of the best themselves. And i'm a firm believer in everyone getting the chance to live their best life and to fulfill their potential and this isn't happening on either way if money is the main divider between who's a great baseball player and who isn't or who's a great basketball player and who isn't it's just not right and it's not good for anybody and then outside of spending loads of money to help their kid be the best Another way that parents try to gain an advantage for their kids is to have them start specializing in whatever sport they're playing younger and younger. And the thought is, well, you know, if they, if they play as young as they'll let them play in this rec league or on this travel team, the more they play and the better they'll end up being in the long run. And that's not actually true in children with developing bodies and minds. It actually increases the risk of overuse injuries and burnout. This has been shown in numerous studies. I also have a theory that playing numerous sports helps you develop certain skills that can benefit you in whatever sport you end up playing if you choose to play a sport long term. So many of the greatest athletes of all time played multiple sports. Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders did it all the way through the pros. Michael Jordan famously his his favorite sport growing up was baseball to the point that he retired to play baseball midway through his NBA career. Now he only made it to double A, but I mean that's still an incredible accomplishment even though he couldn't hit a curveball. Um still the greatest basketball player of all time though. LeBron and Allen Iverson, they played high school football, they were getting nationally recruited. Randy Moss played basketball. Hakeem Olajuwon played soccer and handball growing up. I don't think it's a coincidence that he has the greatest footwork for a big man ever, despite not playing basketball until he was 15. You're not supposed to play year-round that young. You're supposed to learn about rest and recovery. I learned this way too late myself, and I'm being honest, I'm probably still learning it. But rest and recovery is not a break from your workout, from your sport. It's part of your workout. Each sport has an offseason for a reason. I'm willing to bet that if I were a little bit better at that, my Achilles probably wouldn't have exploded. And I did try other sports growing up and can see as anecdotal as this is, how they helped me as a basketball player or how today basketball helps me be better at something like tennis that I'm trying to get good at. You're supposed to try all these different sports and develop these skills and and take breaks and figure out what you love. Oh. Now, I'm not delusional. I'm aware we don't live in a perfect world. But we do need to see more adults in youth sports putting the kids first. I mean, it's called youth sports. We're not here to see if you can break the all time rec league coaching wins record or whatever. Not only is it the right thing to do, but it'll have a positive effect all the way up through the professional levels of each sport. And we'll see healthier kids both mentally and physically. And we'll also see more skilled athletes at all levels. And we'll see more fans of all these sports because of positive experiences and memories playing them growing up. We have a million things that we need to stop from being ruined by capitalism or greed or whatever you want to call it. I'm well aware of that. This is just my petition, my plea to add youth sports to that list. Shout out to Coach Harper, Coach Thomas and Coach Green for helping me nurture my love of basketball as a child. Hopefully your kid has someone like them in their lives as well. All right, Charlie, that's it. Game, this game I, is over. Okay, so the news just dropped that the Big Ten finalized their media rights contracts with CBS, Fox, and NBC, and Roger Sherman for The Ringer tweeted out that that's $1.14 billion per year that, that they'll be getting paid, and they could pay 110 football players, 15 men's basketball players, 15 women's basketball players at all 16 Big Ten schools, $200,000 per year and they'd still have over $600 million left over without touching cash from ticket sales, college football, and NCAA payouts, merch, or licensing deals. That is incredible. That is so much money, and I've been talking about it forever, which is however long we've had this podcast, but I was talking about it before the podcast, I promise y'all. These schools have this money to pay these kids. And the terms of these deals is just skyrocketing. To give you an idea, the Big Ten this media rights deals, like I said, was seven years, eight billion with the B dollars. The ACC signed a contract with ESPN in 2016, just six years ago, worth 4.8 billion dollars, and that was a 20-year deal. So I mean, this is just getting out of control. And at a certain point, you would think that they have to start paying the kids price of the brick going up. I mean, they should really consider paying me as a viewer to try to figure out which sport and which conference is on which channel because everything is all shook up. I'm so used to CBS covering the SEC football every fall afternoon. That's going to be done. 2024, that's going to be ESPN exclusively. How am I supposed to adjust to that? I don't know. I remember back when we had Jefferson Pilot Sports covering ACC and SEC football and basketball, whatever happened to them? I find Big Ten football and basketball to be incredibly boring. I don't want that on CBS where I have to watch it when I'm charged up because I've been years and years primed that that's going to be SEC football, the greatest football in the nation. Now I've got to go watch Michigan run for three yards a carry and Purdue and all these teams that I don't care about, like whatever like where where is my compensation for putting up with that I'm supposed to watch Jim Harbaugh just stomp around the sideline in khakis no thank you and these media rights deals this is why college sports are changing like so much of the blame is put on the athlete and them wanting to get paid no the schools want to get paid that's why you're seeing teams like UCLA thinking about joining the Big Ten even though it makes no sense And you're not cared about academics if you're scheduling a Tuesday softball series for the athletes from UCLA to fly out to play Maryland like that. You're not considering academics or anything like that. Like you're doing that simply for the payday for UCLA. But the the blame, as always, is put on the kids when it's like we were talking about in the previous segment, the adults who are ruining this. And then you see is, is ESPN has the rights to the college football playoff and they have the ACC under contract for another little bit. And they'll be getting the SEC exclusively in 2024 while holding power over these conferences and over the college football playoffs. You have to wonder how much influence they have over the rankings. Like if I'm ESPN, not only am I I'm making money off the content that the college football is giving me and I'm, I'm having my college football reveal shows starting super early for no reason but i'm also going to want sec teams if i own the right to the sec i'm going to want sec teams in the college football playoffs i'm going to want acc teams in the college football playoffs all these conferences that i own media rights deals with i'm going to want to see them playing for the championship because that's going to benefit me even more so i'm wondering at what point do we look and say oh it's a problem For this one network to have all this control over college football and the college football playoff and and help drive their decision making when it comes to expanding the college football playoff and what we're going to do there. And then even more upsettingly for me is I'm concerned. What is the NCAA tournament going to look like? Like is March Madness? I, I just don't see a world in which March Madness doesn't go wild transformations where it just turns into what I think the college football playoff is gonna turn into where you get these super conferences and they shut out the, the little school. You don't, you don't get, like the Cinderella team is gonna end up being Duke or something ridiculous. You don't get to see these teams make these runs and it's not gonna have the same feel and you're not gonna have the same tournament. And I hate change, particularly when it's just to make someone else money. And I just, I don't know, like, what is the point? when is enough enough? When have you made enough money? Is there ever a point where anyone's been like I've made enough money I need to stop. Better Call Saul just ended. We saw that with Walter White he just couldn't make enough money and he just didn't stop and look at him now. Spoiler alert dead. It's kind of the same problem I have with streaming services where streaming services are not best for the consumer. It was initially, but cable really had it all figured out. And now we just have these streaming services like a Netflix who once they realize that if you keep a show alive past the second or third season, you're no longer being you're no longer bringing in new subscribers. So you might as well kill the show. And so the art Of making a great television show something artistic that people can enjoy that's secondary to bringing in new subscribers now what they didn't realize was how that was going to finally get figured out and now people aren't gonna subscribe to Netflix because they know hey you know I'm gonna fall in love with this show and they're just gonna get rid of it before it even comes to a natural conclusion and I'm gonna be bummed out shout out to bloodline and it's just a a real pain in the ass and I'm wondering when and if We reach that point with college sports, particularly when the kids aren't making money, the athletes aren't making the money. We're we're like, where I'm watching a Netflix show, you have an idea. I mean, they've got SAG, the, the actors union, that is making sure the actors are getting paid fairly, but I'm watching this college football game and I know the kids aren't getting paid fairly, not when I see these numbers coming out. I know it feels like it's hard to imagine a scenario in which people get fed up with college sports because of this. And I know college sports is very ingrained in our society, but I never thought I'd see the day when I was looking to get rid of Netflix, but here we are. Raycom and Jefferson Violet Sports present the best in college basketball. So this has been another episode of Beyond the Art. Once again, I appreciate you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share. And I will catch you next week.